again. It's good to be with you this evening. Uh, yesterday, we did some things yesterday. In fact, every one of us experienced yesterday. In fact, some of us have had more yesterdays than others in this audience. But yesterday is a day that uh, has gone on in our lives. And we, again, have, let's see, we have all experienced it. And so I want to talk a little bit this evening about yesterday. Yesterday I did some things at the house. I wasn't at work, but Kelly put me to work yesterday. It wasn't bad. And she said, oh, this is your day off. I said, well, I enjoy doing this. Uh, whatever I was, I was cutting wood for her. Uh, some things that she's gotten involved in. But yesterday is something, a part of our lives. We've lived it, but there are some things that we should realize that it's in our past. And there's some things suggested in that, that yesterday, uh, you know, since it's past, there's something we, we can't do. We can't, we can't go back and redo what we did yesterday. In fact, today, Lord willing, if when, when midnight strikes, this day will be our yesterday. What we did yesterday is not going to change. And like I said, we've had many of them. We've had many in our past times since we've been on this earth. And uh, we just cannot go back in time and, and relive our past, whether we want to or not. It's just something that's not able to, we cannot do that. And so there are things that we may come to our mind sometimes that we think of. Uh, if only I could go back, I would have done it differently. You ever thought that way? You ever thought about if, if I could relive the past, I would do things differently or I wouldn't have been involved in certain things in my life that might have been sinful? And we all have a past of sin. Like we talked about this morning, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And again, the, the idea of sin is missing the mark. In uh, times past, you know, when I was a, a young kid, I had one of these Ryder BB guns I was given. And I, I got pretty good at shooting at targets. But there are many times that I missed a target. And so sin is basically that, missing the mark. And what we're talking about there is when God has said something... And we established authority by uh, approved, uh, well, first of all, by direct statement or uh, approved necessary uh, inference or by apostolic example, as we talked about. But when we miss those three avenues of which we understand authority is based on or established, then we're missing the mark where we're in sin. And again, all of us can look in our past and see that we've had sin in our life. And there are things I'm sure that we've all would want to go back and change if we could, but that's impossible. We can't go back and change it. So, but nonetheless, I'm sure we, we think if I could do something over again, I'd do it this way, or I would have done it better, or I wouldn't have been engaged in it at all. So another thing that... We think of sometimes, and I know I've reflected on this, we think about the good old days. You ever thought of that? 
you think about it in the times past, and uh, Kelly and I like things that are old, nostalgic. You know, even things before our time. You know, I can look back at the history in the fifties. I wasn't in the fifties, but it, I thought it might be kind of neat to live in that time period because it seemed like things were pretty at ease in in, in the country, a uh, time of peace. But you also recognize there was also a time of sin involved in even then. People lived in sin then. So there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, today we are in high-tech society. Uh, our children know more about computers or electronics more than I do. And that's the way of the world, but uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, the sins that are listed, like in Galatians chapter 5, the works of the flesh, are still the same. And those who practice such cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But on the other hand, the fruits of the Spirit are still the same. And if I'm not mistaken, there are nine of those listed. In fact, I have a series of lessons entitled, These Nine Are Mine, or These, are, these Nine Are Things I Would Want to Accomplish, the, the fruits of the Spirit. And on those things, they don't change either. In fact, there's no law against these things. In fact, God wants us to have that characteristic of those fruits as listed in Galatians chapter 5. But nonetheless, we have good days in our, in our times past we can think about, and we might want to rehash those days. But again, we cannot relive yesterday. And... Uh, Yesterday has come, it's gone, and it's gone forever. Our deeds done yesterday, they're either good or they're bad. Yesterday, uh, did I live unto the Lord the best I could? Yesterday, did, did I have sin in my life that I needed to address to my Father in heaven that he might forgive me? Yesterday, that was yesterday. Uh, again, what we do in our life is either good or it's bad. And <clears throat> the way sin is involved in our life, it starts in the heart. And it can stem from our mouth and lead to our actions. Just like obedience to God. It can stem in the heart. When we're tempted to go by the wayside, when we know that we're being tempted. And we know the scriptures that help guide us through those temptations. We don't have to give in to them. We don't have to do it yesterday. We, I mean, if we were tempted to go aside, how did we do in that? How did we fare? Did we succumb to the temptation or did we overcome? And we all recognize the avenues that sin can be introduced in our life. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust uh, of the eyes and the vainglory of life. And you know, Satan is our greatest adversary and he wants to destroy us. And we recognize that. How did we live? Did we live good before God to honor and glorify him or did we do some things also that we needed to make changes of? Only we know that, but God certainly does. But yet again, I can't change what I did yesterday. And you can't either. So with that in mind, we need to also realize 
that we are responsible of our own actions. We are accountable. And these are realities that we need to face. Yet there are people today, again, is nothing new, that want to pass the buck for their actions, for what they say. Oh, Joe made me do that. Oh, Sarah had me say that. Or, you know, this was an excuse in the very beginning when sin came into the world. Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed Eve and God for his sin. This woman who you gave me, she gave an idea to eat. You see how we passed the bug? We're responsible and we're held accountable to God for what we do. These are realities. And again, people do the same thing today. It's no different. We need to own up when we are guilty of sin and acknowledge it when we need to. And we need to understand that God holds us accountable for what we do. If we want forgiveness, if we want God to not remember these things in our past, then we need to obey Him, that our sins might be forgiven. In Ezekiel, rather, in chapter 18, verse 20, I think most of us in here may under, uh, remember this verse quite well. It is an Old Testament passage, but the principle is the same. It's never changed. The soul who sins shall die. You see the responsibility that a soul has, the accountability a soul has. And it's not hereditary. Uh, the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. We're responsible for our own actions. Uh, we don't inherit sin. Now, I may inherit my father and mother's traits, physical traits. I may look like my, my, my parents, but I don't inherit the guilt of their sin, nor do I inherit the salvation of their soul. The, sin, the, the soul who sins shall die. And that's always been the case we can't pass the book we may do that but nonetheless it comes back on us when we commit sin in our life but we need to also recognize that judgment as we talked about some this morning is that something that we must all face the congregation here at South Franklin is not going to be judged according to being the church in a local sense. But each individual here that make up the body of Christ here shall stand before God to receive judgment. For all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I'm going to be judged but what I've done, and you are too, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And our past will dictate what kind of judgment that may come upon us. 
what we've done, the very last day of our life, will be held accountable in this world, or from this world that we live in. So yesterday is in our past, but it also reveals. There are things that our yesterdays reveal to us. Now, some things are hidden from others, other men, but God knows our past. In fact, He knows everything about us more than we know ourselves. But the fact is, our yesterdays reveal something about us. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 7 and 8, the record says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell or in Hades or Sheol, behold, you are there. We can't hide from God. Well, we need to realize that. God knows us quite well. He knows our yesterdays and He knows us right now. He knows the heart of men. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. God knows us. He is our Creator. And it's hard to fathom that He knows every individual on this earth right now, living and breathing, across this great globe of world in which He created. That boggles my mind, that He knows every thought that every person on this world is thinking about, every word spoken, every action or deed done. God knows about it. I mean, that... My little finite mind cannot grasp that about our Creator. But nonetheless, nothing is hidden from His eyes that He does not see. So we're accountable. And our yesterdays reveal what we do. God sees it quite well. Our todays are just the same. Yesterday also brings about knowledge, memories. For instance, there's an example of this uh, with regards to our Lord and another. In John chapter 4, beginning in verse 49, there was a nobleman who had a son that was near the point of death. And he says to Jesus, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was... Uh, now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was as at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. Yesterday reveals. Yesterday he remembered what the Lord did. Yesterday he remembered when this came about. Because it was recorded to him that day that his son lives. And he inquired when this happened. And he could think back on yesterday of what took place between him and the Lord. So yesterday reveals something to us. It brings about memory. This man remembered the time 
that all this came about. Another example of this is when Stephen was before the Sanhedrin defending the gospel of the Lord. And in this, he also talked, uh, brought about an example of this. He says in verse 26, And the next day he appeared to two of them, that is, he's talking about Moses, as they were fighting, and this was two of his own kinsmen, Israelites, and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, your brethren, why do you wrong one another? But the neighbor who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away and said, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. You remember that occasion? There was an Egyptian had was beating an Israelite, and Moses killed this Egyptian. Well, the next day, apparently, there were two Israelites fighting, and he tried to get them to reconcile, and the comment was made, do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? See, yesterday reveals. We can remember what happened yesterday. Uh, I can remember things yesterday, but I'm getting to a point where I'm forgetting things I did yesterday also. But yesterday reveals. As we've talked about, you cannot change what we did yesterday. But what's good is that today we can. We can make changes. And the point is, as we go out and, and present the gospel to people, we come across people that think that they are so involved in sin and so uh, uh, wicked and vile that how can God forgive someone like me? Well, if you compare them with Paul, Paul said he was the chiefest of sinners and he became an apostle of Jesus Christ. And Paul did some wicked things in his time. We, we can think about the persecution of God's people. The point is, today is the time to make the necessary changes that we've done in our past. Again, looking at Ezekiel, we're talking about the idea that the soul who sins shall die, that can be also changed. We can't go back and redo what we did in the past regarding our sin and not sin, but we can make a change for the better. We talked about that this morning some, about the idea of repentance. And in the case of a wicked man, he says, But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of those transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? God dealt with man in the old, in the old law as he deals with us in regards for man to make changes. And again, it begins in the heart. A wicked man today can turn away from his wickedness and God will forgive him.
On the other hand, in the next verse in 24, but when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, uh, does accordingly to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteous which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed. Because of them he shall die. And it goes on to talk about how they're attacking God's fairness. He's not fair. There's people in the world today that talk about the fairness of God, that there's a lack of it. Well, no, it's not that God's not fair. It's that man isn't. Man deals with others cruelly. The fact is, we can be righteous and lose that righteousness before God by unfaithfulness. Just being baptized in Jesus Christ doesn't punch our ticket to eternal life. We are making a commitment. When we obey the gospel, we're making a commitment to God that we're going to be His servants. That our past sins have been washed away. God doesn't remember those no more because they've been cleansed by the precious blood of the Lamb. But we're making a commitment when we come up out of that water grave of baptism that we've made a change. We are a new creation. And that's a, a new creation that is meant to last a lifetime in His service. But when man changes that from righteousness to going back to the old ways, shall he live? Certainly not. So there are consequences to how we live yesterday. But today, we can make those changes. In Romans chapter 8, verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Is that not, that's not, is it that not simple? Plain, it's plain to understand. If we live according to the flesh, we're going to die. If we fulfill our appetites in this life, you know, Satan has us. He is the prince of this age. He's the ruler of this world. And he has us hold his grip on us. But if we, by the Spirit, do those things that are of the Spirit, we shall live. And there's that constant battle that we have. We live in the flesh, and we have to deal with the flesh while we're here in the world. But we don't have to allow the, the flesh to overpower us. In Colossians 3, 9, Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. You know, Christianity is true commitment to God each and every day. Christianity is not something that we just put on and then take off. It's not like coming on the Lord's Day to come to worship God and then go out in the world and be like the old man throughout the rest of the week. That's not Christianity. That's not putting self uh, under the, the influence of the gospel. You know, Jesus said if you desire uh, to follow Him, we need to first deny ourselves to take up our cross and follow Him. And so, 
We have to become selfless. And he says to put off the old deeds of the man that we once were. So we can make that change today. In Revelation 2, verse 22, Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. The warnings, the admonitions that we have in Scriptures are directed most part, if not all, to those who have answered the call of the gospel. We have these warning signs for our benefit. We need those warnings to remind us that that's what we came out of, the old man of sin. And we have a choice each and every day that God gives us how we want to live. What kind of choices are we making? Are we here to glorify God as we know we're to do that? Or are we still serving that old man of sin? Again, in Romans chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render each one according to his deeds. According to his deeds. Our actions speak louder than our words. A lot of people out there that claim they love God, they love Jesus Christ, but their actions show no evidence whatsoever of what they say. On the contrary, their lives are manifested to do evil and are clearly seen by others. So our actions are going to be rendered due judgment, whether they're good or whether they're evil. And so today is the day of salvation. Yesterday has come and gone. We can't make any changes. We can remember what we've done. And whatever we've done that's displeasing to God, we can change today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 and 2, We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says, In an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If people who come to God now and obey Him resides the salvation of the soul. I can't go back and change my past. You can't either. We can remember what we've done. There's some things we've done that clearly causes us to be ashamed. Uh, but yet, there are people who glory in their shame, even now. They have no thought whatsoever of God except to use His name in vain in passing by conversation. And that's the only time God has ever revealed from their lips, in vain. And yet, salvation is extended to them on a daily basis. It's our business to go out and teach those who are lost. Yesterday, we can't do about anything about. But we can learn from yesterday, and we can do better today than what we've done in the past. So, that's what yesterday's about. It's a process that we've gone through, something that we can remember, 
If we need to make changes about yesterday, by all means do so. If you're here this evening or this afternoon and have not obeyed the gospel of Christ, you can. Today is the day of salvation. If we believe with all our heart, we have a right to become a child of God. John chapter 1 verse 12 tells us, upon that faith, we need to act in a full obedience to God's plan. To turn from our sins and repentance, confess His good name before others that we believe in Him, just like the eunuch did before Philip, and to be baptized, immersed for the remission of our sins. If we've done that, but our past history from after our commitment to God is not favorable to Him, we need to make changes. We can do that today. Turn from those things like Simon did. You remember Simon, the, the ex-sorcerer who wanted to buy the power of God by the apostles? You know, he was in the gall of bitterness. Can you imagine that? Just think about that for a moment. The very thought that Simon did in wanting to purchase the power of God, it is to lay his hands on others that he might impart the Spirit of God upon others to do miraculous events in their life. He wanted to buy that. And Peter said, you have no part or lot in this. And I perceive that you're in the bond of iniquity, the gall of bitterness. What did he do? He thought. He thought. He thought something evil. Was he a child of God? Yeah. Did he need to be baptized again? No. But he had to turn. He had to repent. And he needed to acknowledge his, his error. And he asked Peter to pray for him. That none of the, those things that were mentioned to him would come upon him. So we make mistakes after becoming children of God. And we need to own up to them when we do. And turn from them. And if you need to do so in a public fashion, we'll pray with you and for you. And you will be forgiven because God has made that promise. If you're here and need assistance in any way to obey the Lord this evening, would you make that known to us as together we stand and sing the song of invitation.